0: You're listening to the special 100th episode of Two Views Movies podcast featuring our listener mailbag and our mid year review. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right.
1: Ding, ding.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are officially 100 episodes old as of this episode, which you should be listening to on the 4th of July. So happy 4th of July to you. But again, back to the more important thing at hand, happy 100 episodes to us. Yes, yes. We flew through 100 episodes in about a year and a half. Yeah, not bad, Uh, especially when you're going at two episodes per week, like last summer, which was way too fast. But that's how you get to 100 very, very quickly. (laughs) Right, right. That was the uh, uh, not sure that was a goal, but uh, we did get here. (laughs) Right. It certainly was not a goal. Um, It it feels like we haven't done 100 episodes. I don't know why, but it certainly I I guess I felt like when we started the podcast, 100 would be a crazy milestone. And now that we're here, it, it feels like it got here very quickly. Yeah, well, we were cranking them out at an insane pace. Yeah, and it helped that we were doing previews and uh, more top fives, more retros. But now we, we've scaled back to one a week, and we see a lot more movies in theaters. So that that's a good thing, I think. Uh, it is nice to do a, a top five or a retro every once in a while. But uh, going to see a, a movie every week and getting out to the theaters, that it definitely helps push the pace along.
1: Yeah, and we've... Uh... We've gotten to see screenings now, you know, before movies come out, and that's, uh, that's fun.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's fun, and it's a huge weight off of the shoulders a little bit when it comes to the podcasting world. Because the earlier you can see the movies, the more time you give yourself to try and edit and get the episode out before, you know, before you're irrelevant. There's a small window there. <laughs> right, right. You got to get it out quick. Yep, you do. I mean, there's lots of podcasts for people to listen to. And if you're a couple weeks late, you might not get listened to at all. So we're doing our best to turn our episodes around quickly. But yeah, the advanced screenings certainly help. Plus, you know, selfishly, it's a little fun to get to go see movies before everybody else. It is. And we've been able to get our our written reviews
1: out there early, too. So before people, you know, spend their money, because right now, we've been watching them opening weekend. And then if people want to go later than that. They get our reviews. And now we can uh, get those out there before anybody can see them
0: yep absolutely so what are we doing today in 100th episode we know it's a big special we've been talking to people why don't you tell everybody what we're what we're going to knock out in today's episode
1: yeah we were planning on a year mid-year review which we're still going to do but now that's that's truncated because we also asked for a mailbag episode we asked people to submit questions about whatever they want and we will answer them on air so we we crammed our uh, year-end review into a, a tiny little box because we got a lot more questions than we thought we would get.
0: Yeah, and I think we are excited more about the questions than the mid-year review because if you followed the podcast or our spoiler-free reviews, you probably pretty much have a good idea where we stand movie ranking-wise. So I, I like the idea of let's get through the awards quickly and then on yes. to the
1: mailbag. Uh, yeah, because a lot of these questions, there's,
0: there's some doozies in here. Absolutely. People did a good job. I, I'm impressed with the the quality of questions that we got. Oh, absolutely. All right. So without further ado, let's get the show going. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com slash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com slash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risk, changes, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company and may be obtained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Thank you for sponsoring, Buffalo Funds. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely appreciate it getting a fun episode to sponsor today. Not that they're all not fun, but, you know, there's something a little bit more fun about a mid-year review in Mailbag. For sure. All right, so let's go with our mid-year review awards. We're going to do our top three movies so far this year, and that's what we'll go with first. got a few others, but let's go for that first. So I'm going to let you start, and let's work our way up from the bottom.
1: Three, two, one. So, so far this year, we have uh, my third favorite movie is Godzilla. Ugh. I was just, (laughs) well, there's, there's few to choose between. (laughs) Uh, And so, but Godzilla, I just really enjoyed that movie. I mean, it is a Godzilla movie. It's monsters fighting monsters. I just really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a a solid movie. Uh, Too high for my liking, but I I know you're a a big monsters fighting kind of guy. And uh, so it's not surprising that you've got that at your number three. Yeah. So what was your number three? So I am going to tell everybody first off that uh, my, my number two movie overall is a documentary. It's Apollo 11. I absolutely enjoyed it. It's a fantastic documentary. It's on CNN. So if you can check it out, please do so. Set your DVRs. Whatever you need to do, watch it. Awesome documentary. But I say that because while it's my number two movie overall, I always feel weird putting a documentary in my top list because not everybody is into documentaries. So I'm going to pull that out and my top three feature films of the year. My number three is Rocket Man. Rocket Man. I haven't seen Rocket Man yet. No, you chose to go see Anna instead. <laughs>
1: My wife wanted to see Rocket Man, and I convinced her to go see Anna, and I I lost. <laughs> you lost twice I lo- because I lost. I lost <laughs> twice. I had to see Anna, and uh, I got the "I told you so" face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know enough about Luke Basson. I think is what it's either or Besson or Basson, whatever. But the guy has not done much since the uh since leon for me because i didn't even like the fifth element so i would not have been on the bandwagon to see anna in theaters yeah he's really really milking the professional <laughs> he's going the brian singer route one good movie and then tons of crap
1: yeah no i i enjoy the fifth element but not because it's a good movie um it's just more fun quotable sure. and, but it's not. I wouldn't put it in one of the best movies ever made by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but yeah. You look
0: at his filmography and it's 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 getting worse. Yeah, go see Rocket Man. It's it's a really good movie. I would highly encourage everybody to go see Rocket Man, especially if you like Elton John music. You will love Rocket Man. And so my number two, and I
1: think our two and one are similar. Just curious of where you ordered them. Um, although I should know based on. Who's in them? Uh, My 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 number two overall movie so far this year is John Wick three. Okay, and uh, it I I expected that it it really just surprised me. You know it it surprised me how good it was. I expected a a John Wick movie. I've enjoyed them, but this one really just uh, blew me away. You know to find out that there's even more ways to kill somebody than you thought of that. They just keep exploring,
0: <laughs> you know, that's, right. that's, uh, that as refreshing, right? If it's not a pencil, it's a book. So I feel like it's John wick is always going to find some kind of school supply to kill somebody with, <laughs> Yeah. What, what's next time I am, I'm, I'm hoping for a ruler, um, <laughs> in John wick four, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So I think you're right. So if John wicks, your number two Avengers end game is my number two. Yes. And I, I don't think we need to go too much into that, but that clearly means that John Wick 3 is my number one, and it means you, Avengers Endgame is most likely your number one, I assume? It's between that and Dark Phoenix, but uh,
1: but I did pick <laughs> uh, Avengers Endgame as my number one, yes. Yeah,
0: that, that not surprising. That's what I expected from you. Although, I feel like you admitting that John Wick 3 and Avengers Endgame as being close calls is something I need to appreciate in this episode. A Keanu movie would potentially dethrone Avengers Endgame for you as your favorite movie of the year so far is is just awesome. I need to bask in that glory. Yeah, I do need to see it again before I could ever put it above Endgame because Endgame earned the top spot
1: over, you know, twenty some odd movies. And so John Wick three, I think I was surprised. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see it again to see if I still feel as as strongly about it on a second viewing.
0: Yeah, and I I kind of feel the same about Avengers Endgame. I I've seen it twice, but it, and I think I don't think you're ever going to be able to separate it from being like the culmination of all things Marvel. But I wonder if as Marvel moves on past that culmination, if it then sort of just becomes fades back into just another Marvel movie. Right. Yeah, well definitely without the rest of them it it means less. Oh, of course. So, that's our top 3 so far of 2019 interested to hear what everybody else thinks about their top movies of 2019 but I think we need to go and at least tell everybody what's the worst movie we've seen this year so far (laughs) go for it lead us off I am going with a movie that was on Netflix I think technically I don't know when it got released it's one of those weird things where maybe it was made in 2018 but I know it got released in 2019 so that's where I'm counting it but it is The Silence with Stanley Tucci that is basically a below sci-fi channel knockoff of Bird Box and A Quiet Place trash CGI trash acting just a really really bad movie all the way around from the writing to the construction I just wanted it over and it's not even that long of a movie it's just one of those that I don't see anybody saying anything positive about I've not even heard of that yeah well don't I I wish I hadn't so my worst movie
1: um and I did all my show notes before this weekend and before I saw Anna um because that's definitely a contender uh for worst movie of the year But uh, what I picked was more the emotional choice of Dark Phoenix and how really, really crappy that was as a movie and as a culmination of the X-Men series.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that. So knowing that we both saw Dark Phoenix and Hellboy, I'm surprised that Hellboy is not your worst movie of 2019 so far. But I think you carry a lot of emotional baggage with you into the X-Men franchise because they it's one of your favorites. Like you've said multiple times on this podcast and you just got done wrong on that whole thing. The whole the whole series, the whole series was, was done dirty.
1: Yeah, they, I, I agree. And they didn't even give you a, a good ending, you know, and then they gave you that. It's almost like they gave up before they even even started. like, oh, totally. You know, Disney owns us now, so let's just quit. Let's just quit while we're (laughs) not ahead and roll this out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they wanted to get one last shot in, right? Like, can we get a little bit of box office love before they leave? See, I felt like they started that way, and then halfway through, they said, eh, whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to hear more of our disliking of Dark Phoenix, you don't have to go too far back because episode 96 was just about Dark Phoenix. So (laughs) definitely go check that out if you want to hear our full elongated thoughts on why Carson feels that's the worst movie of 2019 so far. (laughs) What do you think has been the best performance of
1: 2019? Um, I'm going to go best performance is, is Halle Berry in John Wick 3. Interesting. And it has a lot more to do with her stunts and her training Mm -hmm. and what she was able to pull off and what I think is the best scene uh, of that movie and arguably the year. I I was just very impressed with all the things that she was being able to do
0: and, and keep up with
1: the pace of that movie.
0: Yeah. I, I, that scene is fantastic. We you know we raved about that. I, I do feel like you're giving her a best performance for a single scene, which is it's a long, a very scene. strong. <laughs> it's a long. It's not a full movie long scene. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like you're giving her a lot of the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, the, I think there's some other good performances we've seen, two of which are close to winning for me. So Lupita Nyong'o in Us, I thought was really, really good. And even Florence Pugh in uh, Fighting With My Family, I thought was a very, very good performance. But my top performance so far is going to that same movie that I mentioned before that you have not seen, and that's Taron Egerton as Elton John in Rocket Man. So far, that's my top
1: performance. Wow, okay. So number three yes. movie of the year and
0: your top performance of the year is Rocket Man yes I mean the guy sings and sounds enough like Elton John where it's real but he clearly makes it his own plus there's some performances about what Elton goes through just from a character standpoint I think people are going to look at Taron Egerton a little bit differently because he's there and he's popular with Kingsmen, but he's had some bad movies like Robin Hood and I think this is a movie that will kind of get people to see him in a different light like as a actual actor yeah or at least a a much more capable dramatic actor than you know because kingsman and robin hood i mean how much acting are you really doing there it's a high paced kind of actiony movies in that so this is some dramatic flexing i think that he does in this movie all right well it's uh it's creeping up the i should probably go watch that list Probably. But if you don't like musicals or fantasy elements in musicals, I would say that you just need to brace yourself for that. It skews more Moulin Rouge than like a La La Land, I would say. Interesting, because you love both of those movies, but you prefer La La Land. Yes, that is accurate. (laughs) All right, so that's our 2019, very quick, halfway through, best, worst all that good stuff. So hopefully, if you've listened to all of our episodes, none of those should really come as a shock to you. But if you're just now catching us because you don't get to see a lot of movies, then that's a little bit of spoiler-free kind of recommendations from us so far for 2019. We didn't spoil any of those, yeah. <laughs> we, we tried our best. <laughs> and even though we give our disclaimer that we're a spoiler-filled podcast, we, I think we tiptoed around that carefully enough. Now the fun stuff. We're on to the mailbag. I think we're going to roll through this. We'll uh, say who submitted the question. We'll read the question and then we'll dive into our answers. But, you know, I think you said this earlier on, but thank you for everybody who submitted questions. Lots of lots of really great questions that that challenged us a little bit on some of these. So I, I appreciate everybody sending these in. Yeah, some of these are really good. Some of these are, are questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some are questions. All right. So first one up from Ryan L. Terry, who you can find at at RL Terry one on Twitter He's somebody who's listened to the podcast and talked to us before online. I uh, do a separate podcast on the side every once in a while for One Movie Punch, and he's a contributor over there. So thank you for sending these questions in. His was, what's a movie you enjoyed as a kid that you do not like today? And the inverse, what's a movie you did not like as a kid, but like today? So I went with
1: Highlander for enjoyed as a kid, but not like today. Old uh old Connor McLeod doesn't quite hold up as he did
0: in the past. So that's a tough one for me because wouldn't you say that Highlander and I had a lot of movies like this too that you probably thought was really cool as a kid, but would you say that you still enjoy it today, but just from a different perspective? Um,
1: I would have said that had I not recently watched it again. <laughs> okay. And it just it just it's just not a very good movie, unfortunately. Awesome premise. Love the idea. Uh, love the Kurgan. Love Sean Connery. Just not a good movie. But it's not something you can even laugh at to get enjoyment. Um, I mean, yes, and him rolling around in his tennis shoes and trench coat. You know, I, I just didn't remember <laughs> things like that. And him him getting flashes during a wrestling match. You know, it just just everything. It's just a weird movie that uh, again the premise I still hold very high, uh, but the movie didn't did not enjoy.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I racked my brain on this one because I felt like you could almost pick any uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal movie because those were incredible when you were a kid. And they clearly don't always hold up now, but they also, like I was kind of hinting at with you, they they sometimes venture into now cheesy territory where it's like I like them for different reasons. So I felt like I could have gone with any of those I also had some ideas about like robot jocks and Navy SEALs. So those are movies I loved as a kid and I thought was incredible. Uh You know, how much cooler could it get than a live mech warrior movie? But I've watched them now and I'm like, Oh God, those are not good, but they didn't feel like it had enough weight. So I ended up going with Jaws three or Jaws four. And I'm not really sure which one, because as a kid, I was a Jaws freak. I loved everything about Jaws. I thought it was super scary. Sharks in the water. I couldn't tell how bad 3 and 4 were. I actually saw 4 in the theater with my grandma. I'm not sure how I convinced her to to take me to that. But man, when you watch them now, they are so not good. So,
1: so terrible. I I remember 3 being being hardly watchable. I haven't seen 4, and I can't
0: tell you how long. I I want to. I want to watch Jaws 4. So I just reignited this conversation on Twitter lately because I watched 3, and I had recently seen 4, and I felt like 3 was just really, really poorly made. And that doesn't mean 4 is better made at all but uh there's just some weird differences between the two they're both very very bad movies i feel like force plot is laughably bad uh, so i'm not sure which i would pick but the jaws three or jaws four is clearly my choice as something i loved as a kid and i i do not enjoy today and if i had to pick one i would probably go with four only because three you can at least laugh at because it tries to do a bunch of 3d things and the effects are just trash and and four is just kind of more of a more Van people's yeah, Mario Van Peebles. You can't go and Michael Kane. You get to, you get the MVP there, <laughs> <laughs> of course. So let's go to the other half of that question. What is something you didn't like as a kid but you like today? I struggled with this because I couldn't
1: really think of movies I didn't like as a kid. Like that's not that's not something that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I didn't like it, I haven't watched it again. To know that's so why I, I didn't even have really a candidate. Uh, as a kid, and so I went a little bit newer, and I went with uh, X Men: Last Stand. Okay, I mean that's yeah, that's pushing the boundaries of kid. Yeah, because we had already graduated college, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so uh, I went with X Men: Last Stand because I remember watching it when it came out and being just very disappointed and, and hateful towards it uh, for all the things that it did wrong. And then we got uh, Dark Phoenix, and I went back and rewatched Last Stand. And I'm like, you know, Last Stand's not that bad.
0: <laughs> is <laughs> so that because actually, Dark Phoenix was so bad?
1: Comparatively speaking, X Men: Last Stand is 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 a freaking masterpiece. Sure, but no, I just enjoyed it a lot more th- this time around. And again, I don't know if it's is it my hatred bubbling from from Dark Phoenix, but they did it better the first time, and I never thought I would have said that. <laughs> So that, so that got
0: my answer. Okay. So you, you didn't really answer the question that Ryan gave you, but you... Uh, I was a kid uh, at heart in a kid. <laughs> 2006. My God. Okay. <laughs> so I I thought I was pushing the boundary of the definition of a kid because I picked something that I watched or tried to watch for the first time in high school so I feel like I was not 18 yet, so technically I was a kid, uh, but you made me feel a lot better about the boundaries I'm pushing here. So (laughs) I actually, when I was obsessed with going and renting movies from Blockbuster and trying to watch all these movies I'd heard about, I was probably a junior in high school, I would guess, so probably around 16, 17, and I rented 2001 A Space Odyssey from Blockbuster. It was a double VHS, and I didn't even make it I think 30 minutes into the movie and I turned it off. I was like, I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't, I don't get it. I, this is not for me. I'm bored. You were a smart kid. (laughs) I was a smart kid, but thankfully you keep maturing as an adult and you get smarter (laughs) and appreciate things as you grow older because it is now what I consider one of the best movies ever made. And I watch it about once a year because it's not a movie you can sit there and watch over and over again, but about once a year I I put it on and I just am in awe. And I, I was able to go out and see the, the reissuing of it at the theaters uh, last yeah, last summer, I think it was. So definitely didn't even come close to liking it as a kid. And I absolutely love it today. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before. I, you're not a fan of 2001. Yuck. <laughs> All right. So thanks, Ryan, for that question. Question two from at Empire 71 on Twitter, who I've never really talked to on Twitter before, but he gave us a question totally out of left field, which was, how many fish can you name? I can name 13 fish. How many can you name? Did you time yourself? Because I actually turned on the stopwatch and timed myself. Why did you time yourself? I don't know. I just gave myself a minute. Because, I mean, if there's no time limit, it was like you could just sit here and name as many as you want. I mean, I could sit here for half a day trying to think of all the, the fish I could name. Not that I would want to. Oh, well, he didn't give us a time limit. No, but I figured one minute is a good enough window to see how many fish I could name. And how many did you get to? I got to 27. Wow. Yeah, but I went into sharks, and then I just started naming all the sharks I could. Yeah, I, I did too. And then, and,
1: <laughs> but but really, what what I got to
0: is I got thirteen is uh, is adequate, and so I I kind of stopped. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to tell you all the fish we named because that wasn't the question. It was no. just how many fish can you? Name?
1: Yeah, you just want to know how many fish we could name. <laughs> Apparently, you doubled me up. So.
0: That's right. <laughs> you get you get the fish crown. Thank you. I will wear that proudly. There's an Aquaman joke in there somewhere, but it's been too long since I've seen Aquaman that I can't get there. But (laughs) it would have been awesome had I thought of it. It would have been a killer joke. All right. next up, we have a question from our good friend, Larson, who we have tried to get on the show since the beginning. Refuses. Yeah, absolutely refuses. The guy is uh, the, the missing piece in the Two Views movies, because we used to do a thing where we would all force each other to watch different movies and then yell about them with each other, and that's sort of one of the genesis of this show. So we wish we could get him on, but he sent a doozy of a question. This is definitely the hardest one to answer
1: and spent most time on this one.
0: Yep. I kept putting it off and putting it off, but everybody I've told the question to, they're like, that's a really good question. So kudos to Larson for the, the good question. And it is Garrett. If you had to describe Carson to a stranger using only a movie character that you feel best describes him, who would that character be? And the same question for Carson. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, he direct, directed the question to you, so okay. you could just go first. So here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to tell you the character attributes of somebody that I was searching for, <laughs> and I'm going to see if you can guess who it is before I tell you who it is. That's funny, because I broke yours down the same, okay. same sort of way. All right. So here we go. I needed somebody with a strong moral compass, right? Because you have a very strong sense of right and wrong and justice and you also have said for as long as i've known you that without order there is chaos you're also loyal and you're dedicated and in fact you may not remember this but one time in high school you lectured me on my morals that happened well sure because <laughs> i was a, a, apparently an immoral heathen. you are, you're you off the track <laughs> <laughs> got to bring you back but the trick with this is When you think of movie characters with high moral compass and strong senses of right and wrong, you quickly skew into superhero territory, and... That becomes a tough analogy to give to somebody, right? Because <laughs> you don't just want to give me Superman, right? You know, I and then... Yeah,
1: I can't. Garrett thinks I, I'm Superman. Yeah,
0: because one, I'm not giving you that, and I will never live that down. <laughs> and then two, I will have people being like, "Really, you, you compared Carson to Superman?" And then even if you scale that back a little bit, and you go with Captain America, you, you still have some problems there, right? Like, oh, you think Carson is Chris Evans? Like, come on, that's not what I'm saying. So you have you to do get... resemble one another's appearance. Yes. <laughs> So you have to get off of the superhero wagon in order to do this. So do you have any idea where I'm going with a strong sense of right and wrong? Can't be a superhero, uh, loyal and dedicated, uh, all that stuff. Do you have any guesses? No clue. No clue. All right. Well, this character spans many, many movies, but there's one movie in particular, and even one scene that just, it is peak Carson. And that is Jack Ryan in specifically clear and present danger (laughs) a little Harrison Ford huh yes it's Harrison Ford and the scene I'm talking about is in the office yes in the office against Ritter against Ritter I just want to read you some of the lines that come out of this back and forth because Jack Ryan is trying to expose something that he ends up inadvertently being a part of he's trying to hack into Ritter's computer and Ritter tells him over the phone that computer theft is a serious crime and jack responds back so are crimes against the constitution which true if you're any of our friends you'll know that our fantasy football league has a constitution which carson vehemently refers to and vehemently defends and he is now the commissioner of the league and he is going to go full jack ryan on us and i can feel it without order there is chaos right you must must follow the written rule yes and so Jack Ryan also tells Ritter, you broke the law. And his response is, you are such a Boy Scout, which <laughs> that is Carson. Carson is a Boy Scout at heart. Were you ever in the Scouts?
1: You know, I only made it through Cub Scouts. I didn't quite make it to Weeblow, but uh, and definitely not to Boy Scouts. So, right. But I was a Cub Scout. Yes.
0: Right. So then Jack Ryan gets a little pissed and Ritter says, you see everything in black and white, which is Carson. And <laughs> this is a this is exactly how you would respond. Do you know what Jack Ryan says in response to that? I don't remember. Okay. He says, no, 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 not black and white, right and wrong. wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then Ritter tells him that it's gray, Jack. The world is gray. So I felt like that was so perfect because he's still got the sense of right and wrong. You're not, you know, on the front lines or in the military or some kind of action. You, You know, you're a normal guy, just like Jack Ryan, an analyst. And, but you've got this strong sense of right and wrong. And if that's the one thing that stands out about you. So if anybody knew anything about Jack Ryan, that would be it. And I'd have to, like I said, burrow it down into not the Alec Baldwin from Hunt for It October, not John Krasinski in the new show. It, it's really the Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan, and then even more specifically, Clear and Present Danger. You, you didn't mention Ben Affleck. No, we skip over Ben Affleck, <laughs> we just ignore that. Oh, okay. So that's where I got for you.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean, you could do a lot worse than, than Jack Ryan. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't sure where you're going to go with this. All right. So, so on my end, so the things that I I were looking for and I had this, this kind of chart that I was writing down of characteristics and I found a lot of things that fit and then something that really didn't fit. And so it, it, I I kept scratching off people and I, (laughs) and, and so I literally went through, Uh, I have a list on Google docs of every DVD that I own and I have just a touch over a thousand and I was going through each and then each movie thinking, Okay. Who in that movie, you know, could fit this. And so this is what I had a few uh, contenders, but they had major glaring moments to where it wasn't you at all. And so I was looking for somebody who was a rational, somebody that was, Uh, a tech guy that's Uh,
0: scary in movies
1: i I know and and they're they're really extreme tech guys (laughs) stereotypical tech guys and so that that really hurts things i was looking for intelligent creative has a moral center i I guess i put you on the right track there so so good (laughs) yeah Uh, it was all because of that conversation back in high school um i was looking at somebody that could see the big picture and that had more of a an even keel personality, okay. which is the hardest one to to, to find. Because most uh, when you, you put all those together, and especially in movies, because people are dramatic, that they, they go, you know, extreme but one way or another. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So I mean, guys like uh, you know Stanley Goodspeed, you know, are just just too much, <laughs> too too much to put to put you in that box. So you, you didn't oh, get boy. Stanley Goodspeed. Uh, so I've tried to find. You know, what could encapsulate, you know, a young, you know, white suburban kid? And you got uh, an old black guy. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So uh- it wrapped it all into and I'll give you. Do you have any guesses before I throw this out?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, the <laughs> I might have a guess. Uh, the old black guy in the tech and level headed. Uh, I'm going Morpheus. No, no. OK, no. Interesting, I you know I didn't even consider Morpheus. I thought uh, just based off of what you were saying and knowing my love for the Matrix, that's where my head went off of your description.
1: Well, I also took your love for this movie as well, and so that played a factor. Gotcha. So we are putting you in with Lucius Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you get I Morgan Freeman, it. and so it was uh, really it's uh, Lucius in the Dark Knight. You know, and so he's always just kind of there. Never, even when he's mad or angry at what this all is, he's still very even keel. He's looking at the the big picture of what this cell phone thing could be. It's like, no, I don't want any part of this. You know, I'll I'll do this. I can make whatever you know need happen, and and really. That's what you've done in this podcast is you've made whatever we need to do happen because tech wise I'd just be talking to myself in a corner. You know, and, <laughs> and, and nobody could hear anything that we're doing. No and so that's where uh, I came I came full circle with uh, really that scene in the dark Knight when they're talking about the morality of the uh, the, the cell phone debate and uh oh, yeah. and all that. And so yeah, where
0: he tells them that if he's gonna keep doing this, he's not gonna be a part of it right right yep and so that that whole thing but also knows how to work the equipment and
1: and again big picture of what does this mean for society and, and things like that i feel like that
0: that's all that's all you lucius yes that's a great i like i like being lucius morgan freeman and i'm a smart guy i can invent all sorts of stuff at the, the tumbler at my disposal not stanley goodspeed yeah. though oh god i would have hated that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the the leading thing was uh Stanley Goodspeed is i feel like you would say something cheesy like you're the rocket man if you're killing somebody
0: <laughs> uh yeah i don't i don't know I, I can't see myself going full cage though that's just not really in my in my wheelhouse
1: yeah he uh he definitely has some the extremes and so he got written off so
0: yep no that, so- that's a good find because I, I do feel like you got that like i I feel like I'm one of those people that does not translate well to a movie character, because like you said, I, I'm so kind of just even keeled. And that's not how movie characters are, because that makes them uninteresting, which maybe I'm calling myself an uninteresting person. But I think that's somewhat accurate. So, yeah, the, the Lucius Fox, I, I will I will gladly take that mantle. OK, deal. And and Larson, that, that was a, that was a doozy that took a lot of time. It did. It took me a while, even though I've always kind of equated you with Jack Ryan. I I went around trying to find some other things, but then it was was too good. And I actually went and rewatched part of Clear and Present Danger, and that scene just killed me. I was like literally laughing as I watched it. When he said the Constitution, I about died. (laughs) (laughs) So the good fun will be that now that this is out there, uh, Larson has promised us that he gets to give us his interpretation of us uh, in terms of characters, and we get to... Uh, give it to him as well. Yeah, so I am interested to see how he views us and and how close we were there. <laughs> That's right. All right. So moving on. Next question from the Always the Critic Movie Podcast, which you can find them at at Always Critic Pod. They have a couple of different questions, so we'll go through them one by one. First up, what are your favorite movie scores? So when I was looking at this, I removed all John Williams. Oh, okay. So uh, I don't know
1: why. Uh, because I felt like it would be one of his and I didn't want to try to pick between them. And so I just, well,
0: she said scores. Are we picking one per person or is it just like a general? Oh, I just thought it was kind of like, Hey, in general, what's your favorite movie scores? Yeah. I, uh,
1: I was just doing one. Well, I have two anyway, even after removing John Williams and, and Rocky,
0: um,
1: I took them both out because they would be winners somehow. And so I tried to go a little bit deeper and find something else. But, uh, the, the two, my honorable mention was the score from Requiem for a Dream. I absolutely love that. I think it made the movie. Without that, the movie is completely forgettable. But the score is fantastic.
0: Okay. I'm not as familiar with that score.
1: But my number one is the score from Last of the Mohicans, which I feel is is untouchable at the top of the ranks. It's so good. that The last song at the end of the movie, when they're running up the mountain, is, is beautiful. And then Nike used it in one of their commercials. And it just gives me chills when I see, you know, Sean Merriman and Steven Jackson, you know, running through that. It was a it was a awesome commercial, but that that song is, is something else. So those are my two Wrecking for a Dream and then Last of the Mohegans. But Last of the Mohegans definitely takes the
0: top spot. So what about you? Uh, so I had, uh, I, I interpreted this as plural. Uh, there are some that I, I like. So older, uh, Rocky, and not just the main theme, but like, the, there's a lot of good music on the Rocky score from the first Tons. movie. Yeah, Halloween is really good. Uh more modern, I like Drive and The Social Network, which everybody loves The Social Network, it, it won a Grammy. But if I had to go with my overall favorite, it's pretty much anything from Hans Zimmer and the Christopher Nolan combination because you have Interstellar, The Dark Knight series and Inception. Those scores are absolutely incredible and they they pretty much make the movie no I agree those are some some powerful powerful
1: songs there and you didn't mention anything about John Williams no I didn't wow. um, are
0: the some of the iconic scores ever yeah so w- when I was thinking about this I was thinking more about when I sit here and I'm at work and I'm trying to listen to a score I don't ever put on John Williams uh, it, I just don't and I don't know why maybe it's because I feel like it's just the he's got the theme locked down now he does have scores that like some of the star wars stuff like leia's theme and all that stuff. i mean those are great but i feel like i just i gravitate more towards if i'm sitting here listening doing some work and i have my headphones on it's like the hans zimmer and the social network type stuff that i i skew more towards all right uh some other questions from the same uh podcast what movies did you watch expecting it to be bad and then it surprised you with how good it was Want to take the lead? Yeah, I'll go. A couple of years ago, I was homesick and looking for something to watch. And obviously, Amadeus is something that I had heard about, I knew about, but it's like a three-hour period piece that I had, I don't know. I just kind of go into period pieces thinking, this is going to be slow and boring, and I'm not really going to like this. But I turned it on, and I sat there and was just glued to it for three hours. And it is a really, really great movie that... Completely blew my expectations out of the water. I think anybody would like it, even people that aren't fans of period pieces. I know it sounds boring in every way that you could possibly describe it, but it is very, very good. And F. Murray Abraham is truly, it's like an all time performance that he delivers in that movie. So very low expectations going into it and very, very high coming out of that. Yeah, I've never been able to pull the trigger on that. So I, I've still not seen that. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's very, very good. Yeah. And now that you said that, I still don't want to see it. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. It's kind of like when you describe Whiplash to people and you're like, look, it's about jazz drumming. And like, what? Come right, on. Right. Like, no, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. Well, even when you describe, you know, Game of Thrones,
1: it's a medieval fantasy show. It's like, no, it's not really that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so what's yours? Uh, so I had two and expecting to be bad might be pretty strong, just not as good as they were. So my first one was The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, I saw that mm-hmm. recently and I was blown away by how well it held up. Uh, I thought that this would be one of those old horror movies that people are just hanging on to. Oh, it's one of the best ones because of nostalgia, you know, not because it's still good. And I was just really impressed with everything that that movie still does well. And and so that one, I had low expectations going in, but was was thoroughly pleased coming out.
0: I agree. I, I hadn't seen the thing until recently either. It's been probably, I think I saw a little bit of it as a kid, like bits and pieces. I knew what it was. I knew some of the scenes, but I sat down for the first time in a long time within the last year or two and really watched it start to finish. It, it is very, very good. And
1: so my second one, uh, not that I thought it'd be bad, but I thought it'd just be okay and was truly blown away, was Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, That's just
1: going to be, okay, it's going to be a cartoon Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. I like cartoons, but.
0: It's not going to be a a great movie, and it was truly a great movie. Totally. Yeah, I didn't include that one because of the whole bad part of the question, because I didn't think it would be bad. I just, like you said, I thought middle of the road, Sony Spider-Man animation, yeah, okay. So I thought it would be a two and a half to, to a three, and I was going for gap, so I had the biggest swing, mm-hmm. so... Uh, In terms of one that I consider, too, that we talked about on the podcast, searching was one that that entered my mindset because I truly thought it was going to be gimmicky and bad. And I thought it was very solid and gimmicky, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it still was gimmicky, but it did the gimmick well, I guess. But yeah, the Amadeus was was a massive swing for me because I thought I'd maybe be like bored out of my mind at a two. And I think I have it like a four and a half. So uh, I'm with you on trying to assess that gap there. (laughs) All right, last piece of this question from them. Are there any untouchable actors for you that you will no questions asked watch anything they're in? Well, I'm going to let you take this
1: one because if you've listened to any podcast, they've been brought up. So I have a feeling I know exactly who you're going to
0: say. Well, actually, I- I'm probably going to surprise you on this because one of those I would not say is untouchable. And that is Keanu Reeves. He He's the guy makes really, really bad movies like replicas. That's out, that was out in theaters I haven't seen because I know Keanu turns in some bad movies so to me he's not untouchable I like Keanu Reeves but there's certain roles that he kills it in and there's just some really really bad movies so he's not one of those however Mr. Gosling, Gosling is yep he is there he is one person that I will go see a movie as long as he's in it, because he's he's earned that right. Now, I do have a few others on there. Iko Uwais from the Raid movies. If he's in it, I will most likely watch it because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get to see some people get their heads kicked in in a really cool <laughs> way. So he he's up there. Uh, Christian Bale, he's in the list. I will go see anything Christian Bale's in. I'll give it a shot uh, because he's earned it. And then I wanted to throw in an actress as well, and Tessa Thompson is currently the actress that if she's in something, I will check it out. It's a a good list. Yeah.
1: Where are you at? Uh, I have more misses on my list, but I still go see them anyway. Okay. And similar to you, I mean, I got to give top billing to to Dwayne. (laughs) Of course. I mean, I love The Rock, and I keep thinking that he's going to find his role, that it's going to be a breakout role in a movie that just fits him perfectly. And he's not there yet, so I'm going to keep giving him chances. But he makes some bad movies. Oh, of course he does. And I've seen him, you know, so, <laughs> you uh, and he's just, just, um, a, a mountain of a man and someone's going to find a way to, to just make that truly work. And he's kind of in this, uh, funny comedy action thing. And I think he needs to get out of that, uh, for what I'm hoping for.
0: Yep. The man has this formula and he's not deviating. Yeah. I mean, it, it works cause I'm still buying tickets. Well, yeah, but, and he makes a billion dollars a year at the box office. Right, right.
1: So I had Dwayne. had to had to lead with Dwayne, but my other one, this growing up, this was a a never miss. And while he's had uh, some stumbling blocks recently, um, I still love him in movies, and that's uh, Mel Gibson. Gotcha. Oh man, you're sticking by Mel through the through the dark times. Well, I mean, I'm I'm watching the movies. <laughs> uh, he, he can, you know, I, I'm one of the believers in trying to separate, uh, personal life and performance and sure. the guy's a fantastic actor and I've always wanted him as my, my Wolverine. And Mel's one of those guys that I expected to bounce back even after all that. And he hasn't really done that yet. Nope. You got a daddy's home two performance. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are a few one-offs, you know, like get, get the gringo and uh blood father. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the, which they're they're okay, and they're kind of the roles that I, I want him to be playing. You know, get the Gringos more of uh, it's almost a a payback, the same character from Payback, kind of. Yep. Role there, but uh, I love Martin Riggs, you know, <laughs> and so I know I just I love Mel. I I'd like him to be my uh my Wolverine if he wasn't so old now. I thought he would have made a perfect Wolverine had they got him when Hugh Jackman got the role i thought he would have been perfect yeah
0: but superhero movies weren't cool then nope not at all <laughs> so you couldn't pull the a-listers yeah. no nope, but mel would have been would have been very very good yeah so
1: uh th- those are my two untouchables there's there's plenty that i go see i go see you, you had a great list uh that you you gave and i'll give most people a chance but those are the ones that i'm like yeah i gotta i'll stretch my my belief system to go watch their movies
0: so there's somebody that neither of us put on our list, but I feel like you and I clearly would not dispute this. And I feel like we go see most of his movies. There's some bad ones there, and I think I know where you're going. Where? Are you going Sly? No, 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 no. <laughs> that That is isn't our wheelhouse. No, I'm going uh, Leo.
1: Leo? Yeah, Um, he's not a, a must-see for me. There's plenty. I still haven't seen Hoover. Sure. I don't think I stayed awake through
0: Aviator. But generally speaking, Leo comes out with a new movie. It's probably on the list. Yeah, the guy makes good movies. Yeah. Brad Pitt would be another one. I was just about to mention Brad Pitt. And <laughs> yeah. Because they're they're tied together, at least for the, another month or so. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I was curious about that because I, I, I was kind of... I don't think they came up on my radar initially and I feel like I'm not as much drawn to Leo as I am the types of movies he's constantly in and the types of directors he constantly works with and I think that just always produces a good movie but if I'm just basing it just off the fact that an actor or actress is in the movie he didn't quite get there for me for some reason yeah I felt the same way okay all right, next question from the Cinema Guys podcast. This is another multi part question. This one is a little bit more about the podcast, though. So what's your favorite episode of the previous ninety-nine? So I have an honorable mention and
1: then I have my uh, my my pick. Okay. So let's hear it. I I really enjoyed our Infinity War crossover episode with the first issue club mm-hmm. because we went there and it's the first time we met them. You know, and then we walk into the studio and then we just record and it it was just obviously a different feel because there's more people involved. But it was uh, I thought it it all went went really well. But that was my honorable mention. Okay. My my favorite one, and I wasn't sure, but I had to go back and re-listen to it, was our, our top five list of movies that were in need of a reboot. Okay. And I think the reason why I love that one so much is because we kind of gave a detailed analysis of not only who we would pick in the reboot, who would direct it, and how we would do it differently than what we got. And that was fun. That was fun for me to do, and it's fun for me to re listen to. Uh, and I liked our choices.
0: Yeah, I haven't listened to that one in a while, but that, that was a, an interesting one. We put a lot of time and effort into that one because we weren't allowing each other to just give high level, this is what we had rebooted. It's like you had to put some serious thought into who you're casting in the role and why you're casting them. So, yeah, I, I would love to go back and listen to that one. I I have not listened to it probably since I edited it. It was a long time ago. Episode 27, I believe. Ooh, yeah. goodness. Yeah, I had, to, I had to scroll. I had to scroll <laughs> to, to find that one. Yeah. Uh, So I actually went with... so. Here's the thing. When we started this podcast, I think that uh you know, our whole thing is we we love movies, but we love arguing about them even more, right? And I think what we've learned probably as we've gone throughout this podcast is that you know, a lot of movies we are not too far apart on, but there's some that we are very far apart on and then we argue the hell out of those episodes. And I think the 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 misnomer there is that we mentioned him earlier but the the third person in this angle larson who you know we usually talk movies with is somebody that kind of you know if i had to put you on one end of the spectrum and larson on one end of the spectrum i'm kind of in the middle more so yes so we we our arguments are a little bit fewer and far between than what i thought but one of my favorite episodes was something that we weren't too far apart on but we argued it like crazy and it was solo episode 28 yeah we were what half a star difference We were half a star difference, but if you listened to that episode, you would have thought that we were three stars apart, and it was just a total 180 because you thought that I was going to come in hating this movie with a passion, so you were vehemently ready to put your Jack Ryan flag in the ground and fight for what was right. And I came right over the top of you. I was like, no, I absolutely love the movie. I thought it was great. And it just spawned. uh, the, The podcast just went on from there. And I felt like it was just not something where we had to find angles to take or discussions. It was just a natural. It's what you and I have been doing since we've known each other. We watch movies. We talk about them. And it sometimes turns into an argument, and that's exactly what Solo was.
1: Yeah, and I tried to give it a Star Wars bump, you know, and that put me closer <laughs> to you because I was trying. And then I thought I was going to have to defend Star Wars, you know, as even a franchise. And then you came right. in and, and you, you loved it, and I'm like, wait, what? No, no, you can't love this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you all the reasons why you can't love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was my favorite. I, I really love Solo, Episode 28. So it's funny you you wow. said the top five we did was Episode 26,
1: uh, 27, I think.
0: Oh wow! That, that's
1: now that is incredible. Yeah, I, I may be wrong, but I, I feel like I saw that twenty-seven.
0: Yeah. Okay. So next question from the same group, the cinema guys. What's something big you've learned since episode one? Doing a lead? Yeah, I'll go. I think the biggest thing I've learned is that marketing a podcast is infinitely harder and more time-consuming than actually creating the podcast. (laughs) True. I mean, we had a lot of technical hurdles to overcome. We had no idea what we were doing, never recorded a podcast, had no equipment. And somehow getting that set up, getting the website built, posting it to iTunes, whatever all that was, was not near as hard as trying to get your name out in a world of, like, what seems like 14 billion podcasts and get people to listen and and want to listen and produce a good product but it doesn't matter how good your product is if you can't get noticed. So, you know, I think for the first little while we were all about creating content and that's fine. We wanted to hone our product, but then we had to shift gears and go really, really hard at trying to get our name out there and I think that's something that we didn't take into consideration how hard that would be and it's probably something that a lot of other people don't really understand how hard it is in this space. That's a good answer. So, what's yours? You have a better answer? Ah, uh, I don't know.
1: Better. <laughs> okay. Mine was: we've had to be flexible and willing to to change, but also still do what we set out to do. And so, there's a lot of things that I mean. Shoot, we recorded three you know hour plus episodes, and that we just had to scrap because we're like nobody would listen to that,
0: you know. Mm-hmm.
1: And that we've listened to other podcasts and say more of: let's not do that. Then let's do that. Uh, I don't want to do that because I didn't like it when when they did it. You know, we listen to tons of of research podcasts and keep changing what we're doing. And like our our questions at the end, we realized what through 50 episodes that this is a spoiler filled podcast and we're recommending whether or not somebody should see it like, wait, they should have already (laughs) seen it. Yeah, yeah, right. we're asking the wrong questions, and so yeah. we had to re- revamp all that. But it's also making sure that even if people don't want to listen to what we're talking about, this part is still fun for us, right? And and so it was they may not like how we do something, but we we do take constructive criticism, and we have a, adapted our pod to that. But at the crux, we're still doing what's
0: fun for us. Yeah, that I completely agree with that. Not a better answer than mine. I would say those are two (laughs) equal parts of of an answer. (laughs) But yes, I I totally agree with that. (laughs) The last bit from the cinema guy is still, what's something you'd love to see the show do by episode 200? So episode 200 won't be next
1: year, you know? No. And so, because we've slowed down our, slowed our role a little bit. But mine was, I would like a famous guest star. And I put famous in quotes on my notes. But I'd like somebody who has been either in movies or directed movies is kind of how I qualified that. Nice. And I don't know how that ever would happen, but that's that's something I'd, I'd love to see, you know, by 200.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we did toy with that idea randomly earlier this year, right? Whenever I uh, I was trying to find a King of Kong poster. <laughs> right. And the uh, director is Seth Gordon, who I ended up reaching out to the studio to try and find the poster. And director Seth Gordon, who's also directed Horrible Bosses and a few other movies... Uh, personally, reached back out to me, telling me he would offer to help track down a poster or send me the images of the Photoshop stuff itself, so I could print it. And him and I got into a little bit of a back and forth email exchange about King of Kong, and we were debating about whether or not it was appropriate to ask him to come on the podcast. And we did not pull the trigger, but maybe there's a follow up email in our future
1: where we can. Yeah, that on. was really early on. I think we would we would have extended the invite had it been today. Yeah, possibly. I, I would agree. It's with like, that. hey, we have three episodes, and one of them are is
0: downsizing.
1: You know, come on our podcast.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, So for me, I would say, you know, we've always been about goals. Like you and I have just had personal goals with this. Like, what are we trying to do? What do we want to get? Like one of them was get to advanced screenings, which we've knocked that off the list. And we keep stretching for more and more goals. So one of the goals I've had just kind of it just gives us something to aim for is to possibly be included in the Kansas City Film Critics Circle, which in order to have that membership uh there's certain requirements in terms of downloads and page views because we also write spoiler-free reviews on our website we get to count both of those so we've just been trying to grow towards that goal of being able to be possibly included in that not because we fancy ourselves as you know the stereotypical film critic but more just that it would be an acknowledgement that you know for all the time and effort that we put into this and just in general with life like how many movies you own and how many movies we watch and all that stuff that it would just be a like a a seal of approval of some kind of thing that like, okay, we we made it here. Yeah, and we're not even eligible for that until we've been doing this for two years, right? Uh, Yeah, it was something like that. I I forget the exact numbers in terms of page views and downloads and how long you've been established as an outlet and stuff, but I feel like we are... We're slowly getting there. We we've definitely been growing and we are moving our way towards those requirements. But it is it's something that's out there. So by episode two hundred, which if you figure fifty two episodes a year, plus or minus a little bit, um, you know, we probably have another year and a half to two years before we get there. And I think that's you know, that's possible.
1: I mean, that's a good answer. It's not as good as mine, but the, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would, I would add to that, you know, the, the pitch is doing their, their thing. And it'd be nice to be nominated within, as you'd think after 200 episodes, that's another two years to be on, on the ballot of a uh, best local podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So thank you to the cinema guys at the cinema guys for sending that in. Next question we have is from your sister. <laughs> yes. She, uh, she gave
1: us the, the, the hard question of who is your favorite sister.
0: You better answer this correctly. Well,
1: so I have uh I have one sister and that is her, and then I have two sister in laws, and so those are my, my contenders. And one of the sister in laws doesn't even listen to the show, so she's out. Um the other one I think will understand that uh I gotta <laughs> I gotta go with uh, with the blood. So Sarah, you get my my vote for my favorite sister.
0: Yeah, it it worked out fantastically for both of us that each of us only has one I think sister, that was so. the idea. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine <laughs> so. So, uh Kate, my sister get, gets the gets the nod there. So, I like the softball question. <laughs> and it would have worked out for me too if it had been favorite brother cuz I only have one brother. So, it all, it all works out. That question was a a no lose for me. <laughs> all right. So, moving on. First issue club podcast, which we've done a crossover with that Carson mentioned, and we've become pretty good friends with. They are at at first issue club. And then also we got a combination of questions from them plus Greg Lichtig, who is at Greg Lichtig. He is a member of First Issue Club Podcast. And first question from them, when are we getting the hashtag Carson Cut of the Dark Phoenix episode?
1: <laughs> he's wanting the uh yeah, the three hour uncut of my rant is what he's looking for. And I got to see this as a, the press screening. So I got to see this on a Monday and nobody else had seen it yet. And I wasn't allowed to talk about it. And so only my wife has heard my three hour uncut rant of the dark Phoenix. And to say it was only three hours, she would argue that. So um, I, I don't believe she's recorded that. And by the time we recorded our Dark Phoenix, I was still stewing, but it, I have had a week to, to really
0: unload. And unfortunately, she, was, she took the brunt of that. Yeah. So I was actually going to say that maybe that'll be something that we put on our Patreon later, but I would give people a heads up that it's just going to be bleeps and screaming. And if you want an idea of what that would probably sound like, you could probably just go rip like 20 minutes of audio from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where there's just blood curdling screams going on the entire time, because that's... Basically, Carson's rage at Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, th- they knew that. Oh, I imagine next time we meet up with them, uh, if we engage in a Dark Phoenix conversation. <laughs> just trying to push buttons. Uh, conversation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, next question from them. What's your favorite movie that others love, but you love to hate? What do you lead? I'm going with a tried and true staple that I have never liked, and my hatred for it has just always grown, and that is The Wizard of Oz. I do not like that movie. Wow. At all. I think that movie sucks. I think it's boring. I don't know why people like it as much as they do, but I even as a kid when it was on TV and everyone's like, "Oh, Wizard of Oz is on TV." I'd watch for like 20 minutes and this sucks. Why, why are we watching this? And I I just still have that same standpoint today. I do not like that movie.
1: That's one of my top 3 my wife's top 3 movies of all time. My I,
0: I can't I can't she, help her there. What, it's a bad movie. She's
1: got uh Wizard of Oz, Man on Fire, which, you know, Strange, strange combination
0: there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she, uh, she'll take great exception to that. That's fine. and I, I will argue that until my dying breath. That I mean, people can like what they want, but I hate Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, mine, uh, you've already mentioned, believe
1: it or not, is 2001 Ooh. The Space Odyssey. It, oh, and I dude. can't imagine why anybody that has a rational thought in their brain can enjoy this movie. I don't get it. Well, you gave it like a three. No, if I gave it a three, then I fat fingered like three, three stars (laughs) on that. I, I truly hated that movie. And maybe if you watched it when it came out and you have that appreciation for it from when it was at the time. Okay. Maybe you watch it today. And if you still feel like this is a good movie, I don't know what's wrong with you. I can't, I need to sit. Someone needs to sit you down on a couch and just examine what's wrong with you because your brain is Oh, my God. No scrambled. way.
0: It, it's, so, it's such a good movie. I mean, this, the effects that it did in the 60s are better than some of the effects that we see today. It's truly incredible, not to mention the story and just the artistic eye that Kubrick has that applies to space movies and artificial intelligence. Light years ahead of where anybody should have been doing in the 1960s. It's I feel incredible. like we've watched different
1: movies. Like what I watched was not actually 2001, because like i hear I hear you uh, talk maybe about not, this
0: and i just i can't i don't know why it's so good, but I will say it's not it's not a you movie it it skews very much art house and that is very much Ye- not you you at all <laughs> all right, so what's your favorite guilty pleasure movie? That's the other question from first issue Club
1: yeah, I had some um I had some contenders here, but I think the biggest swing from my liking to the general consensus was Rocky five. Okay. And I, I know people love to hate on Rocky five and it sucks. the quotes in that movie are so ingrained in my everyday life that, that I just enjoy. <laughs> I just enjoy that movie. Now the the whole plot and premise is, is just ridiculous, but I, I enjoy it. I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is highly quotable. And, you know, we've obviously seen it since we were little kids. So I don't disagree with you. I think it's a really, really bad movie, but it definitely has a quotability and a certain, like, punching idiot charm (laughs) to it, which is essentially Rocky in that movie this is a highly subjective question. I mean, you and I even talked about this, like, what does it mean to be a guilty pleasure movie? Is it something that you like that you shouldn't like? Is it something that is generally revered as being terrible, but you still love it in some way? And again, I immediately dipped into like the Jean-Claude Van Damme Bloodsport double impact. I even thought about American Ninja, but in the end I had to go with roadhouse because generally speaking, it's a bad movie. But my God, is it so hilariously entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Um, I've seen that movie so much. I could recite half of it. Every time it's on, I at least have to stop and see what part it's on. I feel like it's gotten to be almost a little cliched. Like, I feel like when I got really big into it back in college, not many people our age like really watched it. But now I think it's just become a life in and of its own because of how often it's on TV. And I know like Bill Simmons over at The Ringer has written and talked about Roadhouse ad nauseam so it feels a little cliched but i'd have to go with roadhouse
1: yeah i mean it's not critically acclaimed by any stretch of the imagination but i feel it's got a strong
0: following yes but i feel it's got a strong following because it's a guilty pleasure movie nobody's going to sit there and say it's a good movie touche next question from first issue club how was overlord so damn bland <laughs> there's an easy answer to that i feel
1: i agree i uh, now i now i doubt that we have the same answer.
0: Oh, probably because usually <laughs> when we say
1: that we don't. What's your answer? <laughs> it immediately made me want to retract. <laughs> so,
0: what's your answer? I put not enough Nazi zombies. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right, good. That's what I had. It's a Nazi. It's a Nazi zombie movie without enough Nazi zombies. Right. I mean, you have very simple.
1: You have the almost pinnacle of villains that you could possibly have, only to be superseded by the devil. You know at all you have nazis you can't go wrong with nazis as you're going they're not going to be sympathetic they're not going to be on your side you know you know who the bad guys are and then you make them zombies on top of that yep and play to that you know and they didn't that's why that's why i was so
0: you damn bland it. yep you're right and for more thoughts on overlord go check out episode 68 of two views movies <laughs> look at you yeah i know <laughs> dropping in gotta get that plug <laughs> All right. Last one from first issue club slash Greg should scary films come with blankets to hide under. See, I said, no, I agree. And the reason
1: for my no is that when you get a truly scary movie, uh, I feel like you get chills. Like Mm -hmm. if it's a cold theater that actually helps uh, with the being scared. And so if you had a blanket, it would, it would help mitigate those chills and it wouldn't be as effective. So that's, that's why I said the no.
0: Oh, you went temperature. So I went I temperature. Actually, uh, he went hide under, which I mean, I interpreted to be he's hiding his face from the screen. And I was saying still no. And in fact, I would go the opposite. I was saying they should force you to not be able to look away from the screen.
1: That's true. So if you bought your ticket. You should you should yeah. watch it.
0: <laughs> like Clockwork Orange, they should have something that holds your eyes open so that you are forced to look at the screen the entire time, no matter how scared you are. Because you bought the ticket, you're in there. Let's man up and watch this. What about Midsummer? Yeah, same thing. I mean, you got to hold your eyes open. You can't look away. No matter how squeamish or, or, or scared you get, you think you should be forced to look at the screen. Well, I can uh, call you out on Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you could have forced me to keep looking at the screen. I would have thrown up. <laughs> but that that's a totally different thing. That That's motion sickness, uh, which to, to this day, I have never gotten in any other movie besides Blair Witch. I don't know what happened that day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, I wasn't looking out away because I was scared. I was looking away because I was going to throw up. Yeah but forced to watch. <laughs> yeah. It would have added to the experience. I mean, you it would. probably would have been more weirded out with me puking. Right and there's a
1: guy throwing up next to me, but I'm also forced <laughs> to sit here and watch.
0: So I yeah. can't leave. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you. First issue club. Go check them out at first issue club for sure. Next question is from one of my friends, Casey, who listens to the show, and she only aimed this one at me, and it makes sense why, because she's asking if I could only watch Baby Goose or Keanu, which would you choose and why? I I struggled with this one because, like I mentioned earlier, Keanu has a lot of bad movies, like really, really bad movies. But then he's also got a John Wick franchise, which has three movies. The Matrix, which has three movies, even though the second two are a little less than desirable. And then he's got Johnny Utah as Point Break. He's got Devil's Advocate. Uh, And Gosling has good movies as well. So I was kind of wondering about what this question really means. So does it mean that if I pick one, I can only watch any of their back catalog and anything going forward that they make? Is that how you would interpret that? Like I can yeah. only ever watch one of their movies, right? Okay,
1: no, like they're done from your collection oh, and man. going forward.
0: So that's where it's hard. Because if I was just going forward, I would pick Gosling because I think the ratio of good movies to bad for him is much better. Oh, if it incl- if it includes the back catalog, I think you get so much lift out of John Wick and Neo and Johnny Utah that that might that might balance things out.
1: Really, I uh, I was thinking Keanu is like peaking now.
0: Yeah, but he still is going to pick bad movies. You know, he's going to sure, pick bad movies. Sure, sure, but, but, but I does. feel like
1: his highs are are higher than uh, than Gosling as far as just straight enjoyment. Gosling may be in you know better quote unquote made movies, but I think Keanu is far more entertaining.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and in, in that regards, Baby Goose has like this even keel like yeah he's more even but keanu goes up and down so it's like it's a matter of what you would want to do i think if that's what we're saying that i get back catalog and things going forward i think i have to pick keanu because (laughs) you get the matrix you get point break you get john wick and you get it there's some others in there that he's done good work you get the bill and ted's you get devil's advocate there's some things in there and you can choose not to watch the bad so i feel like that's the route i go with i think i go keanu Wow. That was tough. I didn't I don't like picking though. <laughs> well, good work there. I know. I had to I had to work my way through that one. All right, next up from We Watched a Thing podcast. That's at We Watched A Thing on Twitter. What's your favorite dipping sauce for McDonald's nuggets? You know, and this, this sparked
1: some uh some debate on on Twitter when they asked this. <laughs> yes. You know, there's some outrage out there, uh, and, and a lot of hate for the uh, chicken McNugget. Yeah, I'm one of them. Uh, I do not share that. However, uh, I used to that used to be my my staple. I eat chicken nuggets, fries, you know, in a uh, orange high C. That's kind of that mm-hmm. was kind of my
0: which they discontinued the high C. They orange. did, which
1: I hate in McDonald's. Get yeah, back, get back on choice. that. Uh, yep. but my dipping sauce. So I, I don't get I don't get nuggets any any longer, and you know why. Mm-hmm because now I have egg McMuffins around the clock. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I get my egg McMuffins now and that's my, that's my order from McDonald's now. And, and thank you for doing that. So if I had to give up high C to get my egg McMuffins <laughs> around the clock, then that, that's a fair trade. Yes. But my, my dipping sauce from McDonald's nuggets is, is the pure honey. Yep. I,
0: I knew you were going there. You've done that as long as I've
1: known. Yeah, you, And it, it's so good. And Wendy's discontinued their honey.
0: And I like, don't want to go there anymore. I remember when we were in college and we'd roll through the Wendy's drive-thru and you'd always get chicken nuggets and they would, ask, well, I don't know what they're called at Wendy's, but you would also always get the honey. Yes. Hun- honey and nuggets. Fantastic.
1: And I didn't see anybody on Twitter say honey. They didn't. I didn't. And I was, I was holding back so we could, you know, throw this, throw this out there in the podcast because if you haven't tried it, get your honey. Get
0: your honey on. I feel like we need a couple of hashtag campaigns going here for McDonald's. One is uh or for nuggets, which is honey for nuggets, something like that. And then uh can we get a campaign going to bring back the high seat orange? Because I'm so irritated every time I go to McDonald's and can't get a high seat orange. Yeah, no, I I agree. That's that was my that was my thing. Yep. So I don't I don't remember the last time I ate chicken McNuggets at all. That's just not my thing anymore. I'll eat like the the grilled chicken. At or something McDonald's like or just that. ever? Uh, usually ever. I just don't eat chicken nuggets anywhere I go. Usually I'll get like a chicken sandwich, but I usually don't get the chicken nuggets. But growing up, I was all about the barbecue sauce from McDonald's. I don't know why that's just what I wanted, but I will say my wild card in all this is that I am an A1 fiend. And if I've got a bottle of A1 in the fridge, I am not opposed to taking chicken nuggets and dipping them in A1 because A1 is, should be on everything. Wow. Yeah. They
1: don't offer that at McDonald's.
0: Nope. Nope. It's something that you'd have to have at home. Or and just keep home. in so your car. If I'm a- <laughs> hey. I am not a I am totally okay with some A one being in the glove box. <laughs> just put it on whatever you need to. <laughs> All right. So after the McDonald's question, we watched a thing, wanted to know what's our favorite movie snack. And I think this came up on Twitter before this question even came out. You and I were talking about this.
1: Yeah, this was a a couple months back where we we talked about what we have in uh during the
0: movies. And there was there was some controversy there too. Yeah, because there's some trash movie candy that shouldn't even be offered at concession stands. And then,
1: you know, undoubtedly you find somebody who actually likes that. Which,
0: oh yeah, like
1: Larson, our friend who we keep mentioning, <laughs> loves freaking Twizzlers.
0: Yeah, well, that's boring. He probably brings Twizzlers and Werther's Originals <laughs> with him. I mean, that's so lame of a yeah, choice. I don't even. Know. I'm surprised that they that anybody buys those. I just don't, I don't get it. I agree, and then I think I started slandering Junior Mints and Milk Duds, and got some people out there that I offended. But yeah, those are trash candies. I'm, I'm not if I'm offending you over Milk Duds. Uh, I just so don't get why you would choose one of those when you know M
1: Ms are sitting there looking at you. Be like, like right. maybe you've had so many M Ms over the past week that you like maybe a Milk Dud this time. Like that's the only chance I could think of. Maybe you're just out of M Ms. Yeah. You know, it's about
0: peanut M&Ms is my choice. (laughs) Right. You set yourself up right there. Well, you know, mine, and I said it online before, but it's Sour Patch Kids. That's that's what I go to almost every time.
1: Yeah, I don't get that choice either.
0: I love them. Well, mine comes from if I eat too much chocolate, I will get sick. So I can't uh, I can't do a whole bag of M&Ms without feeling like crap. And Sour Patch Kids are tasty. They're both sweet and sour and they're delicious. So that's what always And I would argue that it's worth feeling like crap. (laughs) <laughs> possibly <laughs> but i don't want to feel like i got a puke in the middle of every movie that i watch all right last question now that we're off of movie snacks what inspired you to start the show and i think we've talked about this a little bit uh, throughout the history of the pod so i, I don't know that we got to go into too much detail but i mean really it boiled down to i mean what you and i have known each other since we were in seventh grade and i, I doubt there's ever been a time where movies hasn't been a part of the conversation in some way shape or form And I mean, that goes all the way through high school. We went to the same college. Uh, We both live in the same city. And I, I would say that at least especially since college, there probably hasn't been a single week go by where we haven't talked about movies in some way, shape, or form, whether it's something we saw in theaters, or we went out to Best Buy and bought a DVD, or we just happened to watch something that we owned or on TV. And so we've always just watched movies and talked about them. And I think we've always wanted to do something more with that, like whether it was write a movie or get involved in movies and that just kind of has always been at like the forefront, right? Of like us trying to figure out, well, we love movies. Shouldn't we be doing something with this? And while you said we're not going to spend much time on that, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go way back. And I'm
1: gonna give some history on it. So maybe I'm gonna spend more time than than you than you wanted to on it. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I saw this, what inspired you to start the show? And I started going back. It's like, well gosh, that led to that. And then I kept going back. And so uh, like you mentioned, we grew up watching movies, love movies, talking about movies. But so, right after college, uh, a good friend of mine and I, um, we we wrote a movie script, and we wrote three fourths of said movie script before he, I got a a big person job. Then he ended up going off to the navy, and it just kind of sat there in limbo, and it was not never finished, never updated. And that, but that was something that we always. That we wanted to do felt like we could do better than than what's out there, and a lot of things like Anna proved that. But so that kind of fell off the wayside. That was right after college. Then about ten ten to twelve years ago, I started writing reviews, and really for my group of friends. And I only did like, gosh, five or six, and and I I put it out to the uh, the the less less supportive. Uh, group than I should have, and and they they tore me apart. Now uh, I wasn't a very good writer, and I'm still not. Uh, but I always thought writing reviews should be how people talk, and so that's how I write. And and while yes, there's definitely room for improvement, it really discouraged me from continuing down that path. So I shut that down. And then about 2014, you introduced me to Letterboxd, because we always kept trying to find a, a movie site that we could log movies that we've seen, movies that we own, movies that we've yep. seen, you know, things like that. And Letterbox had the the star ratings on there that you could click on there and, and add, you know, what you thought. And so we started doing that. And I have a Facebook account, I had Twitter, uh, but I never put anything on them. Uh, I was more just there. And I was like, well, I might as well just throw these out there. So if you saw, you know, The Departed, and you put four and a half stars, you know, and that that's all I was using Twitter for. And I started putting those on Facebook mm-hmm. and just putting reviews out there, not writing anything other than my star rating. And then, so that started to grow, started making movie posters. So I just put my star ratings on movie posters. And then I started putting, you know, little one sentence reviews on there. And it was, it was fun to do. I I enjoyed doing it. And then you came back to me and and you go, I want to do a podcast. And I go, I don't know how. And you said, no, I, I got that. <laughs> so, so we we just have to argue about the movies. And I'm like, "Oh, fine, we do that anyway. You know, let's let's try to put it out there and if people listen, great. If not, who cares? We're just recording and we can go back and audit ourselves when uh, we call each other out on arguments." Right. Like, "No, no, no. You said in episode 2 that you hated this. And now you're changing your mind?" You know, and so we have a re- we have a running recording of it. <laughs> and so that 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 led to this is your your desire to to bring this to this medium that I I had no clue nor would ever be in, into this at all. But that's kind of the the progression of we wanted to do something in movies. I've always wanted to do something in movies, and this is as close as, as we've gotten so far.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that we both tried our hands at writing reviews, and, and we still do that. But I think we both realize that writing is neither of our strengths. I know for me personally, it takes me a long time to get down on paper, what I can talk about quickly in a conversation. So the idea behind the podcast just came like, you know, when we would sit down and have a conversation, the, the flow of what we felt about the movie felt so natural. And like, we can just have a conversation about it, but like I would stare at a blank screen, rewriting the same paragraph, you know, for two hours. And that felt like a waste of time. Now I realize that we have now gotten ourselves back into writing spoiler free reviews, which is, you know interesting that we came full circle on that but yeah the genesis of the podcast of the format was more like well let's just take our conversations and put them out there because that's what we do the most i also feel like you know we feel like you know neither, neither of us have never been to film school we didn't even remotely graduate that. we've just consumed a lot of movies and we have our thoughts on those so i and i know that there's a lot of people that you know just talk about movies but it feels like there's this medium between you know somebody who just casually watches movies and then a professional film critic and we feel like we're in the middle of that where we've seen enough movies to know what should be good what could be good why movies make money why they don't what's successful what's not but we come at it from you know i hate to use this but like the average joe perspective right we, we can't tell you why uh this shot in this movie was crafted so well and whatever lighting or camera techniques they use to to pull that off but we know that yeah that that's a good shot so we wanted to get that kind of opinion out there. Yeah, and and we are getting better
1: at noticing little things because we're trying to find things to talk about. But it's still from our perspective of that was just fun to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'll, I don't think you'll ever hear us you know, dissect a movie um, down to something you would hear in a screenwriting class or a, a filmmaking techniques class. That's just not where we come from. It's more about... How did we feel being on the audience side of enjoying this and, and and trying to analyze what worked and what didn't and why?
1: And not only did we not have those degrees, but I've never even taken a class.
0: <laughs> Me either.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're we're coming at it from a hey, we just like sitting in theaters and then being Monday morning quarterback.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that that's kind of the the genesis of of the show. But we're 100 episodes in and we're still having fun. So I think we'll we'll keep it going. Yeah. So thanks for those questions. Uh, that was, those were from We Watched a Thing. Now we're on to another local Kansas City podcast. Who the hell is this for? Who you can find at, I'm going to have to spell this all out because that's how they do theirs, at WTHITFpod on Twitter. Their first question, what is your favorite and least favorite movies you've reviewed so far? So I kind of took this two different ways
1: and I prepared for both. I wasn't sure how you read this. Okay. Uh, was it the movies? That you were favorite mm. and least favorite, or was it your reviews that you were favorite and least favorite?
0: No, I took it as the movies.
1: Okay. Well, I think I like my answer for the reviews better.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I'll start with uh, I'll start with least favorite, so we can end on a more positive note. But as far as so, I did prepare for the movies just in case, and I've already mentioned Dark Phoenix freaking sucks. Uh huh. Um, so least favorite movie uh, watching, however and that's again a personal level that that hurts me in my heart. A terrible movie that we reviewed, another one, uh downsizing. Yep. Terrible. You Awful. got it. Awful. <laughs> Truly uh, is such
0: a bad movie.
1: But but the thing is least favorite movies to review are more the middle of the road. Uh-huh. Uh like we, we don't have fun doing like Ken or White Boy Rick or like Christopher yeah. Robin where we're just like that was okay. Yep. You know, and and we struggle because we're not polarized anyway. Right. You know, Downsizing was a fun episode, I think, to record and to listen to because we hated it. Yeah. You know, and so we we were on one end or the other. You know, if we really love it or we really hate it, that's fun to talk about. But those ones that are right in the middle really, really struggle to. It's not interesting for me. It's not interesting for you. And I, I doubt they're interesting to listen to.
0: Yeah, and I always think about blockers too when I think of that because I, we set like a world record on that for like a twenty-minute podcast because we were like, <laughs> it was a comedy that was supposed to be funny, but it, it was just kind of chuckle funny. And so then, what do you really talk about in a comedy that just kind of got you to go <laughs> a few times? Like, so we quickly ran out of things to say. We're like, all right, wrap it up. We're done with blockers. I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. I, I was wondering if you were going to go with downsizing as the least favorite movie because I I had that too. So then what is your favorite movie we've reviewed so far? So the
1: three, I picked three. Okay. And, and I think they come from both, not only the reviews, but also great movies. I enjoy. So I picked John wick three was the most recent because that's Mm -hmm. in my head. I had that Uh, too. I had into the spider verse, just a fantastic movie. And I still was enamored by the time we recorded it. And so I was still on cloud nine, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, that comes through on our, on our pod, but also won't you be my neighbor? Okay. Uh, cause that one not only gave me the feels in the, in the theater, but even as we were talking about it, that was such a fantastic documentary on Mr. Rogers.
0: Yeah. So I, I had John Wick three as well, and I had multiples on this, but I put In Game slash Infinity War on there only because the amount of buzz that you and I had going into not just watching those movies, but recording those movies, I felt like made that experience of the the lead up to the watch and the lead up to the record like like electric. And then I feel like the best movie uh, I, I've seen was first man. And I also loved reviewing that episode because you didn't care for it as much as well. So I, I did think not. That, uh, yeah. So that led to a, a hybrid of a best movie I've we've reviewed, but also a little bit of the best episode because we, we got into it a little bit on that one. So the next question from who the hell is this for, what are each of your top five horror movies of all time? So this one was tough too.
1: Cause I went with the, uh, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia that goes into these mm-hmm. and I don't know how, how, down that route you went, but I have a feeling that we have a couple of the same on there.
0: Yeah. I will say mine definitely skew older, but I made it a point to include a few modern ones. And and I should say, and we've said it on the pod multiple times. I know who the hell is this for Ty is a huge horror guy has a huge knowledge of the horror genre. That's, that's not us. I mean, we've seen a lot of horror movies and we, we enjoy them, but we are not in that subgenre. Like I've said, we are not neck deep in that. So I'll let you start. All right. So I'm just going to rattle them off. Okay. I had Jaws. I also had Jaws. Halloween. I did not. Okay. Alien. I had, I went Aliens. Okay. Uh, I mean, I prefer Alien because I think it's more horror, but definitely Aliens has horror elements. I had The Shining. I I knew you'd go there and I I don't feel that way. Okay. And then I I actually, we talked about this one already. I put The Thing on there because I I like the Carpenter vibe and it's really shot up the charts for me since I've I've rewatched it all the way through. (laughs) I also put The Thing on there and I noticed it when we answered the previous question
1: that it was on my mind. And so when I got down to this one, I was like, well, yeah, it's probably top five.
0: (laughs) So, okay, so we we matched on Jaws and the, The Thing. So then what are your other three in your top five? And so I picked Aliens and I think that was more
1: a nod to the franchise. I I enjoy it more than the first movie, even though mm-hmm. I, I know I get that the first one is whatever. So I picked uh, event horizon. Ooh, I do not like that movie for I, some reason. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it not only is it so creepy, uh, but I love the idea about it. And then you turn Dr. Grant into the, <laughs> the bad guy and like, you wouldn't think that that would work at all. And it's, It's beautifully done right? and so freaky and they're talking Latin and it's just (laughs) just a, it's just a great idea and execution. You got Morpheus in there, you know, Uh I just, you just, uh, it's a good one
0: and and I love revisiting that every time I, I do. So, side note, I've been re-watching Dark and the Latin and the Black Hole and everything that comes along with that. Uh, I feel like there's some, there's some connection there between Event Horizon and Dark, so I, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to tell you to go watch Dark on Netflix. <laughs> All right. All right, so your last two. Uh, last one. Oh, last one. I only get five. Okay, so you had Jaws, Aliens, The Thing, and Event Horizon. Correct. That is four. Okay. Yep, that's four. I counted the right this time. And in the last I one you, I had to use my fingers.
1: <laughs> the last one I put Sinister. And I've only seen that once. Okay. But it freaked me out. Like I don't okay. I don't want to watch it again. But <laughs> I've it, never seen it. But I it was it was one of the scariest movies that I saw at the time of of watching, and I don't even remember the environment in which I was watching it. But <laughs> I just remember coming out like that was really freaking creepy creepy and scary and there's some jump scares but there's also some now i'm looking out into my yard type stuff and i don't want to walk around my house that left me and maybe if i watch it a second time and i know only putting something on my my all-time list that i've only seen once is uh it's probably sacrilegious but <laughs> but that one it's it's it stuck with me and people whenever people ask for a really scary movie that that's
0: what i say um okay it, it's done well and and creepy and. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's sacrilegious because I think horror movies, at least for me, kind of suffer sometimes from a little bit of rewatchability. Um, You have to kind of space them out. And I will say The Sixth Sense is a movie. I don't I, I didn't put it in the horror on my list. I think it's more of like a suspense, but I've only seen that movie twice in my entire life. But if somebody was to ask me for like the best endings of movies, then sure. Yeah, I put that on there. So I, I don't necessarily think that the number of times you've seen it has to always equate for whether or not you th- consider it like a best of all time. Okay, well then deal. Uh, I had a couple modern movies that I, I would have mentioned, but for I think the, the classic nature of the genre made me skew older, but I, I really enjoyed Get Out, uh, obviously the Jordan Peele movie, and then A Quiet Place from last year, I also thought was an incredible one-time experience. I've still only seen once, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, I thought that one might, uh, might decline upon a second viewing, um, and I didn't really call it horror. I know, it, I guess it is, but... I didn't feel horror-ish. I just thought it was really, really
0: well-made. Agreed. Totally agree. Last question from Who the Hell Is This For? Why is Kansas City home to so many attractive and charismatic podcasters? Well, I just figured because <laughs> it was you know the greatest city on Earth, so... Yeah. Of course. I'm guessing there's something in the barbecue. There must be something they put here that <laughs> uh, gives us all that attractiveness and charismatic nature. And, of course, everybody is the hottest person on Earth behind a microphone when nobody can see you, so... Uh, <laughs> So thanks to uh, who the hell is this for, for giving us those questions on to the next one from in session film podcast at in session film on Twitter. What's been the most rewarding part since starting the show? Maybe something that surprised you. What do you got for that? That people listen. (laughs) I kind of said the same thing. Truly. (laughs) I mean, truly it's, it's,
1: you know, it's kind of humbling, but I didn't think this number of people would
0: listen or continue to listen. You know, even if they listened once, I didn't know they'd come back for more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I kind of went in the same vein, just a little bit different. I said, it, it's really rewarding when somebody you wouldn't think listens to the show actually tells you like, oh, hey, I, I enjoyed that episode. I'm like, what, what, you listen to this? Like, not that I don't think people listen. It's just always weird when, you know, you run into somebody that maybe you wouldn't think would be a listener because you've never known them to be a movie person or anything like that. And they're like, hey, not only did I listen, I, I, I like the show. Yeah. And it's, uh,
1: again, that, that that's that's humbling. Again, I don't think. Yeah who who would want to listen to us for 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 hours after they watched <laughs> right. you know a movie for hours
0: yeah and i will also add um especially since in session film podcast asked this question and uh, i actually was on their show to talk godzilla a while back i do think that there's a rewarding piece of being asked to be on other shows because i also was on um real spoilers a while back so i feel like um By other people asking us to be on their shows that there's at least an acknowledgement that we don't sound like complete idiots and that, you know, we are doing a fairly decent job of this because I would assume, I mean, you and I have a podcast and if I went and listened to somebody else's podcast and I did not think highly of it, I'm not sure I would want them to be on our show. Right. Right. So I think there's a little bit of reward in that as well.
1: Well, and we might as well title this episode, you know, Larson's episode, but... The, the, that's one of the things that he won't come on our show because he thinks that we're prepared and professional and we sound good, and and he thinks that he won't. Like Matt, you know, <laughs> we we just we just turn the mics on and just talk, just like we do every day. <laughs> you know, we're right. with you in these conversations, and he he for some reason
0: thinks that we sound better than we do. So good, yeah, we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Thanks. In session film. Next question from Colby Mack at, at Colby told me on Twitter. How did the format of your pod grow? I feel like we've touched on this through the course of other questions, but I, I've got some bullet points here. I'll, I'll run through them and see if you want to add anything to them. Uh, we started out trying to do a monthly podcast that covered movies and news and everything and they were two to three to four hours or something obscene like that and we immediately thought who in the hell is going to listen to that Uh, and rightfully so so we actually have two i think of those mega episodes saved in our archive somewhere (laughs) where they've never seen the light of day but but they're there um so we quickly realized we needed to trim that down to being weekly instead of uh Uh, monthly well it meant more episodes for us but we would record in a big block and then chop them up and release one at a time and we got rid of the news and we just tried to focus on on movies Um, some other changes we knew we wanted to have a a question segment to wrap everything up and carson you touched on this earlier we we've toyed with those questions we've tweaked them a little bit to have them make more sense but still be fun to us Uh, we changed our opening music three times now we are on our third theme music now our top
1: five list we used to add at the end of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, and then we broke those off into their own pods because people like to hear those, but they hadn't seen the movies yet. And so yes. uh, we decided to break those off. You know, that was another one of the things that you could just get our top five list.
0: Yeah. And then uh 2019 we actually have dropped our preview episodes. So we used to always do a preview episode where at the end of say October we would preview the movies that are coming in November and just because of calendars and us trying to keep up with the the pace of movies you know more people can listen to those but usually when we talk about a movie we talk about our expectations for it as we're reviewing it so we just felt like yeah that's probably one that we could forego and if we need an extra episode or want to do an extra episode we should just make it a retro and a top five so that people who can't always access the show can get to that so yeah and that that was
1: a, a hard hard choice and i got outvoted on that because the preview episodes I kind of like are I told you so episodes. So when we start recording, we could revert back to the preview and say, no, 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 this is what you said. <laughs> right. But uh, again, with uh, the guy who does uh, does the editing, uh, I, he gets a vote and a half. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one, ep- one episode a week that we're having to turn around, uh, usually from like a Friday to a, a Tuesday or something like that, is, is aggressive. <laughs> so I couldn't find a good window to squeeze the preview episodes in, so they are they gone. Are gone. Yeah. Dead killed uh the second question from colby mack any merch coming uh and by coming we actually have it uh we have uh two views shirts t-shirts
1: we have jackets and uh, i don't even think i've told you yet we have blackout curtains with two views logo. <laughs> so random because so for my movie room i needed a blackout curtain and so my mother-in-law uh has has made with a giant two views movies logo so this is where i record. Uh, our podcast, but also this is where I, I view my movies uh, in our movie room. And so we we have just about anything you could think of uh, that we can, we can slap our logo on there and, and get it out to you.
0: Yeah. So I think to build on that a little bit, I would say we've tested some of the merch, like the shirts and the jackets and stuff like that. But I will say that we are... Looking at opening a Patreon sometime soon, we, we've we been kicking around the idea. Obviously, it's been in the back of our minds for a while, but we want to make sure that when we come up with that, that we're giving people some value, whether that's Uh, access to episodes additional episodes swag stuff like that so we've been kicking around ideas you know obviously t-shirts you know vinyl stickers stuff like that so i think there will be merch coming it's just a matter of when and we want to make sure that when we roll our patreon out and some of our swag out for the first time that it's it's good to go that everybody is it's high quality it's deserving of what everybody wants so i'd say that the easy answer to that is yes there will be merch coming. Okay, next question. I, it's either Louis Rehm or Louis Rhyme or Louis Rhyme. I apologize. I'll give you your Twitter handle at L-O-U-I-S underscore R-I-E-H-M. He asked, is the director truly the auteur of all he or she directs? Or does he or she simply add to the mix of writer, actors, cinematographers, etc.? His or her opinion to that, which has already been determined. So basically, I think he's asking, should the director be the end-all be-all of credit for a movie? And... So my answer to that is similar
1: to an NFL quarterback or a quarterback in general. Uh, The director's like a quarterback while they, they probably get more of the glory when things go well, and they probably get more of the blame when things go poorly, but it falls on their shoulders. Uh, There may be producers that are calling plays, uh, but they got to execute it. Um, They got to make things happen. They got to make changes if, if stuff looks crappy because end of the day it's, it's their name and you could have a, uh, I'm gonna stick with my my football. You could have a wide receiver or a great actor, but uh, you you got to put them in the right spot. You know, you got to get the ball to them. And so, I I view the director, and maybe unfairly, that that t- that gets all the glory, but also all the blame.
0: Yeah, I really like that analogy. I kind of came at it from the same way. I think that a lot of it, I think, stems from awards because a lot of times the director is made out to be the end all, be all, and I think that's just what everybody kind of goes with because that's what the award shows tell us. I mean, you and I have never made a movie, so I don't know the exact role of directors on sets, but I like your quarterback analogy. I would also say that it's probably the director's vision. I mean, the, the producers and stuff hire the director and it's their vision that's being executed. I know there's a lot of politics and stuff that moves along, but I feel like the director is the one that brings on uh, the casting person who then hires the right actors. They bring on the cinematographer so that the shots that they want to see are executed perfectly. So while I do think that it's probably a mishmash and a collaborative creative process, I think it all funnels back to the director for right or wrong. And that's why your quarterback analogy works. So I would say it's it's a little bit of yes and no but I say yeah I think that the the director is probably the one that, that is running the majority of the show. Yeah, I mean I think football is a great
1: sport to compare it to because it is a team effort and it doesn't work without the entire team, but they get to shoulder the the brunt of everything.
0: Yeah. All right. Last question of the day from Joseph at at One Movie Punch, who I do some episodes for occasionally. He asked what are your top 5 pod moments from the first 99 episodes. So I we've we've covered a lot of these i think and even one of them asked particular what's a one of our favorite moments so that's probably on this list but we're going to answer it so top 5 pod moments i've i've got my list here and we've talked about most of these so um I'm going to say the first episode we did on The Last Jedi because it was our very first episode that we released. Uh, We both watched it twice. We didn't talk a single word (laughs) about it before we went into the episode cold, not knowing where each other stood. So there was a lot of excitement going around with that. So that was one of them. Uh, You mentioned the crossover pod with First Issue Club. That's one of them for me, too. I thought that was truly fun. Got out of our shell for the first time to go talk with other people and do a pod with other people. It was a great time. Can't wait to do it again. I already mentioned the solo episode um, that I thought was one of my favorites. So I had to include that here. Um, I did mention the first man episode because I really enjoyed that one, but I will, I'm actually going to throw that out and actually say that this episode is one of my favorite moments because I like that people, you know, interacted with us and sent us questions. It's been fun trying to go through the questions and figure them out. It's, uh refreshing to sometimes podcast not about a movie review but you get to talk about other people and the pods and our experience and then the last one i'm going to say isn't really a moment inside a podcast episode but uh something we talked about earlier and something about the podcast as a whole which is i think our first press screening that that was really really cool to be able to get an invite and go do that and feel like oh hey we're we're amounting to something other than just having episodes that we put out and watching listens or watching hits on our website we are invited to something early and we're going and it felt pretty cool. So th- those are my moments.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that and I'd like to throw a shout out to Jeremy Wood at, at Cinematic Visions who who got us hooked up with that. And that uh again, that takes us to the the next level in our progression, I feel. And so a yeah. little little nod to him. So thank you. Yeah, so my my moments we we you mentioned the the first issue club uh, put that on my list. Last Jedi, uh, I agree with you. I, I liked how we just came in cold. We watched it and for the second time. We watched it sitting next to each other, and we didn't say a word uh, about 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 how we felt or whatnot. We just <laughs> left, and then we went and uh, and we recorded it, and then we just got our feelings without knowing, you know, even where what star rating. Or anything, uh. So, so, so that was fun. Yeah. And obviously, being our first episode, it, it was good first aired episode. I guess uh, is for fun to do that. I picked downsizing episode. Okay. Because I think that was my first realization of bad movies or movies that we really dislike are entertaining. Also, sure, <laughs> absolutely, and and so it was like oh, this is almost more fun to talk about than. You know, the shape of water that was okay, you know, and so I was like, there's a place (laughs) for a movie like Downsizing in our podcast. And so I I enjoyed that. I also had Won't You Be My Neighbor. Uh, That one just kind of gave me the feels. And I don't know if it translated that uh, when you listen to it. But when we recorded it, I was still feeling the same emotions that I had while watching the movie. So that was good for me, right? And then uh, I ended with uh, what you already mentioned uh, earlier was the the top five list of in need of a reboot. I thought we put a lot of work into that, but also it was, it was fun to re-listen. And some of those are uh, they're taking our suggestions and uh, they're being slated to be rebooted. Not quite how we described, but somebody else thought so too. So those are my those are my list there for uh, best moments of the past ninety nine. Yeah, I, I like all those. I, I will. And not he would ar- say first 99, and then you added the 100th episode,
0: so... <laughs> I did. I knew I was squeezing one in, so I, I, I'm sure Joseph will, will be okay with me doing that. I think you'll understand. All right, well, we are clocking in at almost two hours on this episode. Wow, but thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks for sending in all the questions. Uh, it was a great episode to do. Coming up from us, you should have some Spider-Man... Far From Home I'm trying to think of what else we got you know Lion King coming up The all the big movies that are rolling up in July is what we'll be covering next so thank you everybody for listening thank you for sending in questions we enjoy doing the podcast we like that you guys are supporting it and listening to it so thank you we will catch you next time
1: what should we do next something good something
0: bad Bit of both. Bit of both.